But welcome to week two of our new series called Finish. Look at your neighbor, say finish, finish, finish. And uh, we're super excited about it. We're talking about how to finish the race and win the victory that God has in store for us. God desires for us to be victorious in life, to prosper in life, and uh, to prosper in this life and the life to come. How many of you know we have a life to come? We have a future hope in Jesus Christ, a wonderful place in heaven, and I'm super excited about it. Um, hey, I want to just share a quick story with everybody. Um, so the other day, um, we have a trailer out back, holds all of our kids' stuff, and um, you know, just because I'm so huge and strong, I broke the lock on the trailer. I uh, broke the key off in the lock. And so uh, last night, we're having this little family dinner, and uh, Matt reminds me, hey, we got to buy bolt cutters. We got to, you know, cut off the lock for tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, uh, that would be good to be helpful. So after dinner, I go to Lowe's, and I buy this massive bolt cutter, and I'm in the parking lot, and, and Matt rolls up, and he goes, uh, sorry, I was a little late. There was a couple meltdowns at your house. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. He's like, uh, Ben, that's my middle son. Uh, he's seven. He's uh, got his hand stuck in the door somehow. The door closed on his hand. And then Luke, my little two-year-old, fell off of something and hit his head. And he was like, I was just trying to help. You know, I'm like, thanks, Matt. And so, you know, I run back home and I'm like, you know, bracing myself for just like a tornado of chaos. You know what I mean? Like just going to walk into the house. And so I walk in the house, and the house is actually, like, really peaceful. Like, Luke's in the bathtub. Michael, my oldest son, is 11. He's out playing basketball. And, and I don't hear Ben. And But when I drive up, Michael goes, Dad, you should have heard Ben. It sounded like he was going to die. And I videotaped it, Dad. And I was like... He's like, you got to check it out. So I, I get upstairs, and I'm like, Jess, I got to see this video. And so she shows me this video. And I mean, when Ben gets hurt, I mean, it is like the world has ended. I mean, he's like, why, God? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, just huge crocodile tears. And so I'm like, well, where is he? And she's like, well, he's in his room. And he's in his room. He's holding his hand, you know what I mean? Because it's like bloody and bruised and stuff like that. And he's got a wet cloth on his forehead, and he's watching Bob Ross, okay? <laughs> I don't know if you remember Bob Ross, the painter. And Ben is just in this ultra chill mode with Bob Ross. And I'm like, didn't know Bob could do that. But if you're hurting, hey, maybe try out some Bob Ross. I guess he's on Netflix, so... Um, Bob Ross, everybody. Happy trees. Happy trees, everybody. So I thought you'd uh, enjoy that. All right. Um, throw up that picture for me uh, real quick. Um, how many know what this is? It's just nastiness, okay? It's just straight up nasty weeds, okay? Um, I personally hate weeds, okay? Um, I took a picture um, of this was my yard about 10 days ago, okay? I mean, literally, my yard is just a yard of weeds, and um, I hate them. My grandpa growing up hated them, and I've learned that the older I get, the more I become like him. Jess yells at me like, I never go through the drive-thru at the bank. Like, I am that old man that goes inside, and I want to talk to people, and I want to, like, smile at people. And, like, you know, my grandpa never, he, like, it was, like, a foul thing to ever go through the drive-thru at the bank. So, but 
weeds, okay? Now, here's the deal with weeds, okay, that I've learned. Um, you can cut weeds, and literally like 24 hours later, they come right back up the next morning, and they're like waving at you as you're pulling out of the driveway, like, what's up, sucker? You know what I mean? Like, you thought you had me. You thought you destroyed me, but I am back. I am stronger. I am better, and I'm going to take over your whole entire yard. Is that not true? You know what I mean? It's like, one pops up, and then a friend pops up. And then you got two, and then you got 10, and then you got 40, and all of a sudden, the whole stinking yard is all stinking weeds. And when kids tell me that dandelions are pretty, I'm like, no, you are from the devil, and I rebuke you, and uh, go tell your mommy that, okay? Now, here's the deal, okay? Weeds choke out the good grass, Correct? Okay, weeds choke out the ability for the good grass to grow and weeds will end up dominating the good grass unless you treat the weeds with like real stuff. Okay, now I was, I've been too poor over the years. I've always gone to like the Walmart and got the Walmart stuff and I swear there's some guy in a room like watching video like, oh my gosh, look, he's buying our stuff. He's gonna waste his money again. You know what I mean? You like go home and you spread it in your yard and you're like, oh man, the weeds are gonna die and the weeds are laughing at you too. They're like, yeah, right. You know what I mean? Until you call like somebody like real, like true green, you know what I mean? Like true, ga- tree, true green came out to our house and sprayed our yard and literally like four hours later the weeds are like they're like no you know what I mean I'm like victory is mine you know what I mean but weeds can end up becoming a major major problem and today I want to talk about weeds and you can take that picture down now we don't have to look at that the whole service but I want to talk about weeds as it relates to our thought life okay Our thought life is incredibly important to experiencing victory in life. And I believe that's where the enemy fights us the hardest, in our thought life on a daily basis. Um, If you got a Bible, uh, open it up with me, please. And uh, if you don't, we'll have it on the screen for you. Uh, We're going to go to the book of Numbers, and we're going to look at chapter 13, and we're going to look at verse 31 and 33. Um, In Numbers, uh, God is taking the Israelites, and he's bringing them to the land that he has promised them, a wonderful land, okay? And we know this land today to be Israel, and, you know, it's, it's amazing. I follow, um, I follow a couple guys that do end times updates and stuff, and one of the guys that I follow, he actually spends six months of his life in Israel and then spends six months here in the States, and he just came back from Israel, and he, he told the stat that Israel is, the land is so fertile, and the crops grow so big and so fast that actually Israel uh, produces half of all of Europe's produce, half of it, from Israel, this little tiny place in the world. And it's amazing that, you know, all the way from the Bible times to today, we're still fighting over this piece of land because God has ordained this land. It's a blessed piece of land. It's where God's going to come back and establish his kingdom for us to live with him forever and ever. And so God is taking his people, the Israelites, into the land that he has promised them. 
And so they get together some spies and they tell the spies to go into the land and to take a look at the land, to survey the land, and to bring back a report about the land. Okay? Now, if you've been living in the wilderness and you've been living in the desert and you've been living off of manna, wouldn't you be pretty excited for these spies to come back? You know what I mean? Like, tell us about our new home. Tell us about this land. Tell us about this promised place that God has promised to us and our people and for our families and our children and the future generations. Come and tell us a good report. And we pick up the story in verse 31. The spies come back, and they're not giving a good report. They're actually giving the opposite of a good report. In verse 31, it says this, But the other men who explored the land with him disagreed. Because remember, Joshua is going, no, 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 let's go take the land. Okay, let's go take what God has spoken to us. Just like we read in Romans chapter 8, if God is for me, who could be against me, right? Okay, so if God commands me to go, I'm going to go in faith, even though the circumstances may look bleak, They may not look in my favor, but I know whose favor is behind me and surrounds me and goes before me. Amen? Because God is for me. But these men disagree. They say this, we can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are, verse 32. So they spread this, a bad report among the people of Israel. They said this, the land that we traveled through and we explored Those people will devour anyone who goes into their land to live. All the people we saw were huge. Verse 33, we even saw giants, okay? Andre the giant lived there, okay? All right? Giants were there, the descendants of Achan next to them, and this is the key line. It said this, next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. We felt like grasshoppers, and it goes on to say this, that that's what they thought, It's what they thought. It wasn't that they were grasshoppers. It wasn't that God wasn't for them. It wasn't that God didn't tell them to go take the land. Okay? This is the best part about that story is when the spies come back, they actually bring back produce from the land that is so large and it's so massive that it takes multiple men to carry it. Okay? Now, I don't know about you, but if I've been living in the desert and eating manna, when those huge pieces of fruit come back, I'm thinking, I don't care who lives in that land. We are going today. That is our stinking land, and I want that land. But the Bible says they spread a bad report, okay? Just like weeds, okay, when we have a bad report, a wrong thought in our minds, okay, they can spread quickly, okay? And when we get the wrong thoughts and the wrong mindsets in our lives, it can rob us from what God has in store for us, okay? One thought, one thought, we felt like grasshoppers, ended up costing them what God had planned for them. Listen, I need you to understand something, okay? When you woke up this morning, God's thoughts, the Bible says, outnumber all the pieces of sand in all the world for you for you when you woke up this morning his thoughts are so great for you and your future 
okay? Now the question is, do your thoughts line up with God's thoughts? Do you see your life and your future the way God sees your life and your future? Or are you trapped in bad thoughts? Okay? Um, I have a friend, and um, me and this friend, we love to talk. Um, I know I'm a dude, but I like to talk, okay? And if you hate on me for that, I don't care, all right? Okay? Um, And we talk uh, as much as we possibly can. We try talking on the phone, and uh, we talk about anything. We talk about sports. uh, We talk about music. We talk about fashion trends. Yes, I talk about fashion trends. I love fashion. I love shopping, okay? Um, We talk about being dads. Uh, We talk about just all kinds of things in life. And typically, the conversation always starts small, um, but always ends up very deep because he loves to talk and I love to talk and we kind of get each other and we kind of get each other's season of life. We're all in the same season of life and just a wonderful, wonderful friend. And so I'll never forget about five years ago, um, I'm walking around my neighborhood. I'll typically put my earbuds in and I'll go for a walk and I'm walking around the neighborhood. I'm talking to my friend and um, I'll never forget, he said this line. He said, um, there's this woman at my work, and she's a Christian, and I just feel like she gets me when we talk. And I was like, oh, cool, you know? Like, and, and basically, the conversation kind of ended there. Like, we just skipped ahead onto something else, and, and it never really came up ever again. And we, you know, we just kept Life just kept going on, and, and I'll never forget, about nine months later, uh, his wife called me. And, I'm, and w- when his wife called me, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, i got to answer her phone. Like, I mean, there was a car accident. There's something wrong with the kids. You know, something's going on. And I get on the phone, and right away I can tell that she's in tears, and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And, you know, come to find out that she ended up finding his phone and, and that over the last nine months that they had been having multiple conversations and that they had started texting, and that they had started kind of talking about deep things and kind of sharing heart with each other. And all of a sudden, they were going down a very dangerous, dark road quickly. And she said, I had nobody else to talk to. I needed to call you. You're his best friend. Please, please, please call him. See, there was a weed that got into his mind, okay, See, I, I just, I look at it this way, okay? It's kind of like a farmer. When a farmer goes out to plant seed, okay? When he goes out to plant seed, he's going to throw out a ton of seed, okay? All right? Now, not all that seed is end up going to, you know, go down into the ground and die and become a wonderful crop. But it's kind of the same way with the enemy, okay? The enemy goes through our lives, and he knows you really well, okay? He knows what you like, what you dislike. He studies you. He studies your patterns. He studies your emotional state. You know, the enemy knows that on Mondays, you know, that's a tough day for me. I'm physically tired. I'm mentally tired. I'm worn out. And I can tell you the attacks on Monday morning are pretty brutal sometimes, okay? And the enemy, he comes, and he brings a a pile of of weed, seed, lies, and he throws it into your mind, and he goes, I wonder if I can just get one lie to stick. Because if I can get one lie to stick, 
from that one lie, just like that one weed, I can produce another lie, I can produce another weed. I can produce two weeds, I can produce five. I can produce 10, I can produce 20. And all of a sudden, what the Bible says in John 10, 10, that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, he's worked his little way into your life and he's robbing and stealing and destroying your life. See, there was one weed and that one weed was, when I talk to her, it feels like she gets me. I didn't even understand it. When he made that comment, it was the lie the enemy planted. See, sometimes when a weed pops up, we have a decision to make. Am I going to allow this weed to stay? Am I going to allow this lie to stay? Am I going to allow this false truth to stay? Or am I going to take true green and am I going to kill it at its source? Weeds are powerful. Go with me to Romans, Romans chapter 8, okay? Romans chapter 8, okay? Romans 8, and we're going to look at verse 5 uh, through 7 uh, today. Romans 8, 5 says this, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Verse 6, so letting your sinful nature control your mind, if you got a pen, I want you to underline this little part right here. It says, letting the sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Okay? It didn't say letting the, the, the sinful nature control your body leads to death. Okay? It said letting the sinful nature control your thoughts. Control your mind. Control that space. How many of you know that when you're in the car by yourself, it is just a whirlwind of thoughts? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, when I'm in the car all by myself, I mean, I could think a million things. I could think, wow, that plant is super pretty. Oh, my gosh, I want to destroy this person in front of me that's driving super slow right now. You know what I mean? Wow, God is amazing today. I mean, your mind can go, I don't know about you, but that's me, okay? Seriously, if you drive with me or next to me, be cautious, okay? I'm just, I'm kind of everywhere. I'm like, oh, wow, this country song's kind of cool, okay? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just everywhere, okay? The sinful nature is coming against your thought life. The sinful nature wants to control your thoughts. Nobody ever wakes up in the morning and goes, yeah, I'm going to have an affair today. You know, when, when me and him sat down and we talked, he said, I never, ever, ever, ever wanted to put my family in this position. It just starts with one weed. It starts with one thought. The enemy is fighting the space between your ears on a daily basis, going, can I just get one lie in? But it says this, but letting the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, this is why the Holy Spirit is so important in your life, okay? The presence of God manifesting, not just on Sunday morning, but manifesting on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. This is why the Word of God is so important. This is why spending time in prayer and spending time with the Lord is so important because every single day the enemy is coming to steal, kill, destroy. But what did Jesus say? He said, I came to bring life. Through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes to encourage you. The Holy Spirit comes to go, that's a lie. 
That's a weed. Get this lie, get this weed out of your mind quick and fast. Let's remove it. But it says, letting the Spirit control your mind. Letting the Spirit control your thoughts. What does it lead? It leads to life and peace. Doesn't that sound good? Life and peace. Life in your marriage. Life in your children. Life in your future. Life and peace. Life and peace. Michelle, God just keeps saying life and peace over you. He's got a future of life in peace, but the enemy is fighting your mind so hard today. He is fighting your mind so hard today. Put an end to his lies. Pull down those thoughts. Pull down those things that the enemy is coming to tempt you with. Strike them at the root. Get rid of them and let God control your mind today. When you allow the Holy Spirit to control your mind, it leads to a life of life and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Life and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. But verse 7 says, the sinful nature always is hostile to God. It never did want to obey God's laws, and it never will. Let me, let me give you a, another example of a hostile thought, okay? I kind of talked about it in offering, okay? So this year, we just haven't had the, the means to have health insurance. And every time I went to look at health insurance prices, I was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, you're robbing me. You know what I mean? And so every time that happened, I just kind of go, no, I'll just take the fee at the end of the year. And like I said, we knew that it was going to be large. We're a you know, family of five, and I knew the fee was going to be a big fee. And so I just you know prepared for it. Now, I'm not going to lie. There was a time in this year where the enemy came, I was in the garage and we were working and doing some stuff and the enemy said, you know you could pay for your health coverage out of your offering. And and let me explain this, okay? We, in our house, this is what we believe. We believe that the tithe is God's and I'm not giving the tithe. I'm just returning to God what is his, okay? I can't give a tithe, okay? I return a tithe, okay? But then we give offerings. So when me and Jess give, we give tithe and we give offerings because we believe God blesses the tithe, but then he also increases the offering, okay? So the enemy comes and he goes, you know, you can take it out of your offering portion and you won't have to pay the penalty at the end of the year. Now, a lot of people would go, that's just, that's probably wise to have health insurance for your family. I agree. I'm not saying I don't want it, okay? I'm not saying I don't believe in health insurance. I believe that God heals physically uh, just through prayer. I believe that God heals through doctors. I believe that God heals in all kinds of different ways. I'm not here to debate that, okay? I'm not here to say that we didn't want health insurance, okay? But the reality is that was a weed, and that was a lie. It was a lie from the pit of hell. And so I went upstairs that day, and I went right into Luke's room. That's where I kind of pray at our house. For some reason, the peace and presence of God is in Luke's room. And I just said, God, I said, what do you think about this? And he said, what do you think I think about that? He said, just trust me. Just trust me. Am I not faithful? Am I not good? Have I not always taken care of you and yours? Have I not always been there every step of the way? Have I not always brought increase and blessing and favor? Have I not? God just reminded me of who he was. And so 
you know, I just made a decision. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to dig in. No, we're going to be faithful. We're going to be faithful to the Lord. We're going to be faithful to his house. We're going to be faithful to his kingdom. Like I said, we go to do our taxes, and I'll be honest with you. I pushed my taxes off because, number one, I thought Obamacare would be done and it would be over with. And then, number two, I thought if I can push the taxes out, I can avoid this for a while. And we actually did our taxes the day before tax day. Like, it was just like the last moment, you know what I mean? And I walk in there, and I'll be honest with you. Like, me and Jess are, like, walking in. We're, like, our heads are hanging low, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, oh. you know what I mean? It's like a death march to our taxes, you you know what I mean? Like, like, oh, no. You know, and Jess is like, I'm just praying we just can just break even somehow. And I'm like, I'm like, come on, Jess. Let's believe God for the best. Maybe we'll get a couple hundred bucks. You know what I mean? Like, God's for us, you know. And, and, and we're walking in. And, and sure enough, we sit down. She goes, did you have health insurance this year? And we said, no. She said, for the whole 12 months? That's how she said it, too. I was like, yes, for the whole 12 months in Jesus' name, you know. And she goes, oh, man, that's not good. <laughs> I'm just like, well, thanks a lot. I really appreciate your, you know, your whatever you're giving me right now. And so, you know, and then we get to that place, and she sits there for a half an hour, and I'm just thinking, what in the world is going on? You're, you know, and then she goes, she goes, hey, can I ask you a question? I, I go, yeah, yeah. She goes, would the health coverage through Obamacare cost more than 8% than your total income? And I'm like, give me a calculator right now. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm like, yes, in Jesus' name, it's more than 8%. She goes, well, then you're exempt from it, and you don't owe this $3,000 fine. And I was like, you know what I mean? But inside, I'm just like, I'm just like, hey, we're good, cool. You know what I mean? She then goes on, and she goes, she goes, um, she goes, do you remember what your refund was last year? I was like, I don't know. I was like, maybe like 700 bucks. And she goes, she goes, okay, that's cool. She goes, you're getting a little bit more this year. I was like, wow, that's awesome. That's incredible. You know what I mean? And so we get done, and she goes, all right. She goes, she turns the screen, and she shows it. And she goes, she goes, this is your refund. And our refund was $6,700, the biggest refund we've ever had in our life. And I was like, how did that happen? She goes, I don't know how, she goes, this is what she said. She goes, you better have proof of this. She goes, but I don't know how you gave this this year. She held up our giving statement. She goes, I don't know how you did this this year. And she goes, you better have proof for the IRS when they come asking for proof. All I know is this, is God is faithful. God is faithful to his word. God is faithful. He is for you. He's not against you. But sometimes, you know, what is against you is weeds, lies. They're coming to rob, steal, kill from you. Let me end with this today. Go to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 through 9. Joshua chapter 1, 1 through 9. Now, Joshua lives and God says, you know, Joshua, you're going to go experience the promised land. But God said to everybody else, you're all going to die in the wilderness. This generation of unbelief, okay? There, and I could preach a whole nother message on that. A generation of unbelief. A generation that said, we can't believe in what God has in store for us. And because they couldn't believe in what God had in store for us, did they not just forfeit the blessing, but they also had to die in the wilderness. I don't want to die in the wilderness. 
okay, in Jesus' name. I'm, I'm dying in the land that God has for me, a blessing and favor. It says this, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua. I love Joshua 1. Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, it is time has come for you to lead these people, Israel, across the Jordan River into the land that I'm giving them. Listen, God's got a land, and I say this all the time, but God's got a land of promise and blessing for you. Listen, he doesn't put things in the word. They're not just cute stories. They're, they're there so we can grab onto and we can attach our life to them. In verse 3, this is what God says to him. He says, I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, wherever you are in the land, I have given it to you. Verse 5, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I'll be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. I won't fail you. So this is God in Joshua part one. He's saying, listen, I need to explain to you, Joshua, my end of the deal. Okay? It's like, it's like sitting down and, and filling out a contract. And God goes, here's the contract and here's my end. This is what I'm going to provide for you and yours and everybody with you. Because you got to understand something. When blessing comes on you, it doesn't just come for you. It comes for everybody that touches your life. I'm just a conduit of God's blessing. I'm just a conduit of God's favor. When blessing and favor come on my life, I don't go, God, this is all for me. I go, God, how do you want me to use this resource to bless your kingdom? I'm a conduit. In verse 6, God goes, now I'm going to share with you your part of the agreement. See, I, I'm, I, I'm done with this thought that prevails in church, that it's all on God. God is faithful, and he will fulfill his end, but we have a part to play with God. God wants to partner with our lives. He wants us to grow up spiritually. He wants us to be strong men and women that know the word of God and know his promises and know how to activate the word and know how to live in victory. So then God goes, here's your part. Verse six, he says this, be strong and courageous. And that word be jumped off in my Bible. I can't tell you how many times I've read this passage and that word be never struck a chord in me. So I said, God, why? Why is be? Why is the word be? And so I had to start researching. And I started digging and I had to start finding out in the Hebrew, in the Greek, what was God saying in this word be? The word be in the Hebrew and the Greek as related to this passage meant this. Occupy this space. Stay in place. I thought, that's so interesting. Stay in place. So it was almost like God was going, listen, Joshua, I need you to stand strong. I need you to dig in. I, you know, here's the deal. Joshua didn't know what was going to happen at Jericho. Come on, let's think about Jericho for a second. What happens when God tells you to start marching? And you're marching for one day, 
in two days, in three days, in four days, in five days. And you're like, man, can we just get a brick to fall? Can we get some rubble to come off? Like, what are we doing, God? Sometimes God needs you to dig in. And sometimes God needs you to be strong. He needs you to be courageous. He needs you to walk in faith. He needs you to trust him. He needs your faith. He doesn't need a lot. He just needs a little. But he needs you to be strong. He goes on to say this. For you are the one who will lead the people to possess the land that I swore to their ancestors. In verse 7, he says it again. Be strong. And then he goes on to say, very courageous. Listen, I'm not here to promise that you're never going to walk through anything in life. I'm going to tell you today, you are going to walk through some things in life. The enemy hates you. But you know what? You can be strong, and you can be courageous, and you can go, you know what? Despite, I can't understand how this is going to work out. You know, listen, when I was walking into that tax place on Monday, I thought, how in the world is this going to walk? Michael, here, just let him, here, let him come here. Come here, Bubba. Come here. No. I didn't understand it. But God goes, I will be for you. Just be strong. Be courageous in me. Verse 7 goes on to say this. Be careful to obey the instructions I gave to Moses. Don't divert to them. Turning to the right or turning to the left. I think there's sometimes we're walking in life and God goes, here's the plan. Here's the direction. Here's what I have in store. Go, 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 go and get it. But don't look to the left and don't look to the right. Just trust me. Ryan, good God. The Lord just says, keep trusting me. I got it all worked out. Stop freaking out about it. I got it all worked out, son. Don't look to the right. Don't look to the left. Then it says this. Then you'll be successful in everything you do. Verse 8, study this book to ensure that you obey everything written in it. And then it goes on to say this. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. Don't tell me God doesn't want you to prosper and succeed. I hate it. I mean, I will physically get angry and upset when people go, I don't believe in that prosperity movement. I'll go, well, good for you. Well, I sure do because God wants me to prosper and he wants me to succeed and he wants me blessed because he knows when I'm blessed, others are blessed. I am blessed to be a blessing. And the only way that I can be blessed and bless others is if if I'm blessed. If I'm not blessed, I got nothing to give. But when I'm blessed, I got something to give. I got resource to sow into the kingdom of God. I got resource to sow into people's lives. I got resources to take care of their needs when they can't take care of their needs. God wants you blessed. But you know where the blessing comes? When you understand the word of God. And you apply the word of God. And you follow the word of God. And the word of God is your anchor. And it's your truth. And it's your rock that you build your whole entire house on. Listen, sometimes people are going to think you are just ignorant for trusting the word of God. Well, you know what? I thank God for the ignorance of the word of God. I thank God that sometimes it confuses the wise and it blesses those who trust it. The word of God is powerful. And it works, and it is mighty. Go ahead and stand with me today. Verse 9, it says this, okay? Again, he goes on and says this a third time. 
I love when the Bible says things three times. Number one, God's like, okay, you really need to get this, okay? I'm sorry, but you're, you're just not getting it. I really need you to understand it. He says it a third time, but you know what else represents three? I think Jesus rose on the third day also, okay? I think there's something powerful about the third time, and Jesus says it again. He says this, be strong, be courageous, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged, for your Lord God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go, when you go to work, he's with you. When you go home, he's with you. When you go into the community, he's with you. When you go to lunch today, he's with you. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Trust in faith in who he is and that he is for you today. Amen? Throw your hands up. Come on. Let's worship Jesus.